This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey everyone, how are you doing? How's your core? What's up guys? This is Devin. And Jenny. And we're receipts, yeah. yeah. We're recording receipts in isolation right now. Um <laughs> this is my month and a half of self-isolating in Michigan. I think you're about there, right, Dev? Uh yeah, I hit six weeks a couple days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? So, uh, 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 I don't know. I, I started a new job, so, like, that's definitely been a lot to keep up with. There's been, this like, my first comedy job, so it's been interesting right. kind of, like, getting, getting, getting accustomed to all that, but, uh, I don't know. It's been, it's given me something to do. It's, like, given my days some structure, which has been cool. It's so important to be busy with something. I find yeah. the weekends to be really sad, because there just aren't any plans on the weekends, and I'm, like, what are we going to do? Like, wake yeah. up play games, drink in excess, and then, like, do it again the next day. That's <laughs> that's my schedule for the weekend. I'm like, I can't imagine, like, how exciting would it be to be, like, going somewhere, you know? Can you imagine being like, oh, I'm going to this person's birthday party, or I'm going to this bar. I just, I miss having yeah. plans. Absolutely. I mean... Yeah, the other day, my friend came over and just brought his PlayStation, and we just played PlayStation for, like, four hours, and it was, like, a Friday night, and that was, like, that was the night. That was yeah. just, we just <laughs> played video games for, like, a few hours, and I was, like, well, good wild Friday night, had some, had some drinks, played some games, that was, that was that. You know, it's, like, we're all, it feels like high school again. It's, like, mm. the, the maximum coolest thing I can do is play drinking games with beer yeah, at my house. A lot of that. Yeah, and we did it again. Don't worry, we did it again <laughs> last night. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. I honestly am a better Pong player than I was. So if that's the one thing that it, that's, if that's the one way that I've grown in quarantine, then I guess I'm happy that it become better at Pong. I mean, sil- silver linings, you know, we all got to find them. We got to find right? them where we can. um which i think brings us to there is a gorgeous silver lining joining us today yeah did you love that segue (laughs) your face was incredulous (laughs) well i just because i assume that i don't i don't really have any receipts of the week for me to you dev no i've really yeah things have been impossibly quiet for me uh it's it's been there's been and nothing going on. I definitely, I hooked up with somebody early quarantine, but since then, it's been it's What been happened to her? Where is she? Uh, she's, she's around. I'm just, I got too much shit from y'all. So. Okay. So we're the <laughs> reason, we're the reason you're not seeing her anymore? Uh, yeah, that's part of it. And also, just <laughs> okay. like, I don't, th- I think this is a good time for me to exercise some, some self-control. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to wean myself off of things that I'm just used to having, uh, you know, outside of quarantine, just to like, to prove to myself that I can do it. That's so, really, that's brave. I'm proud of you. We're working on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, what about a- Andrew? What's, what's, what's been, how have you been, man? Yeah, it's, tell us. It's crazy. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm like emotionally scamming men on, <laughs> on these dating apps. It's yeah. Like, it's like okay like i'm making all these like very empty promises um mostly <laughs> sexual empty promises Whoa. uh and i'm just like this is never gonna happen but they're getting really excited which makes me excited you know yeah. <laughs> i love seeing other people happy <laughs> yeah you're bringing joy to others right now yeah. honestly 
I, I think it makes sense to be chatting with people on the apps yeah. right now. Everyone wants to chat. I wish I was like, I had like a more like healthy approach though. Like, you know, like after all this, like I could ser like probably have like a pretty solid, healthy relationship with someone that isn't just based off of sex. But I'm just yes. like, that takes so much effort. And I don't, I, I don't think that a lot of people are really like willing to do it. Also, it's just crazy. So yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm settling down after this is over. I got no I got I don't have real love right now and it, and that sounds very nice. I think once this <laughs> once this finishes up, I'm finding I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna get, oh married, my get God. down on one knee <laughs> and propose to someone my first night out. I think that's my plan post quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm just gonna settle down, start a family. In case um, there's a second wave, you have to have right. someone. Yeah, exactly. I need some <laughs> just in case this pops back up in December. I'm gonna already be, you know, months deep into a relationship. My wife's gonna be pregnant with beautiful twins. I can't wait for that um, moment. <laughs> oh my god, I love that for you. <laughs> I'm just envisioning this perfect fam. Twins like Beyonce. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for. Twins just like Beyonce. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the goal. Just yeah. completely skip over blue. We don't need Yeah, her. we don't need blue. <laughs> mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, get her out. I've she always said blue's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> blue needs a lot of attention right now, and honestly, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I'm so excited about our guest today. We were on an improv team together in college, and oh. since then, he's now on MTV News and is a big deal, so. Yo. It's Gabe Gonzalez. Hey, 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 hey. How we doing? <laughs> Good. How are you, Gabe? I'm um, good. I do want to let Devin know that there's no need to put off marriage for post-quarantine. New York State made it legal <laughs> to get married via video chat. So, Did they do that? Yes, yes, sir. Devin, I need you to put up or shut up right now. Who is this woman? When are you proposing? And can we go to the Zoom marriage? Yes. Absolutely. You can come. Okay. Everyone's invited to the Zoom marriage. <laughs> I, I, will be, I will be honest with you. There's a girl that I know like back in Texas that I was like FaceTiming with the other day. And like, we've only, we've only really hooked up maybe like once or twice, but we were talking and I was just like, should I just, should I fly to Dallas? She like lives by, I was like, should I, should I fly out there and just like, and should we just start something? Like maybe I should just fly out there and just stay down there for a while. Like I'm, I'm having insane thoughts. And bringing a whole new meaning to willing to risk it all. Right. <laughs> I don't know really? what <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. What, but when it when it does happen when i do move out there um you are all invited to the, to the wedding oh my well, god i would, lo I would love Great. to have you all so. i'll put on my best sweatsuit for the occasion <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> for the zoom it's, wedding yeah it's gonna be the lord andrew, andrew <laughs> yes. you want to officiate oh uh, yeah i'll officiate this beautiful marriage yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i love that um so gabe how is your quarantine where are you quarantining are you quarantining yeah. with anyone so um, I have been quarantining in Brooklyn. I stayed in New York. Um, I do have family in Florida, but like uh, a lot of them are much older. And I think the quarantine hit here really hard. So I was like, I'm just going to stay put. Also, it's like a lot harder to order weed in Tampa, Florida than it is in New York. So I was like, I'm <laughs> really going to stay here. Right. Um, That's a necessity right now for these times. Truly. An essential biz. It's uh, honestly, it is the only essential business right now for me. So <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I need that. Um, I... So I've been in Greenpoint. My boyfriend right now lives in Ohio. So yeah. Wait, why did he go to Ohio? Yeah, so he was visiting. Um, I think it was like fe late February, March. He like came down. We were like chilling for a bit. I was like, had some free time. And the idea was that he was going to come back for 420. I was like, maybe going to move through a housewarming party. Like so many plans. Um, and so he left a few days actually before New York like, quarantine quarantined because I think mm -hmm. there, were, you know, there were a lot of mixed signals about how serious it was I had just come back from like a fucking conference in Puerto Rico oh like, yeah it was wild. like I flew on March uh, 7th or something like that and I booked the flight way ahead of time and even like that was maybe the first day where I was like on the plane and I was like is this smart I went like full mm -hmm. Naomi Campbell I wiped down the seat I covered my face like I, I <laughs> looked on the plane because um, it was early and people I think didn't know how serious it was but like my grandma's a hypochondriac so um yeah, anyway, it was just, like, wild. He went back to Ohio, and I was like, okay, like, not sure when I'll see you. And it was a kind of just, like, the weirdest, uh, strangest yeah. thing. Yeah. Kind of have this rhythm of when he comes to visit. 
Um, so honestly, I've never been like a video chat or like send nudes to your significant other person because like Whoa. they already they're there. They've been there. They know what's up. Like, I don't know. It feels a little, <laughs> uh, you know, like a married couple trying to like spice it up. Like, here's a nude, even though you've seen this dick so many times. <laughs> like, uh, but in but this lighting, it changes everything. It changes everything. And I'm getting into <laughs> it now. I have seen my man in a new light. Um, it's basement childhood home light. So. <laughs> hot yeah there's something super. uh secretive and naughty about that yeah, yeah oh it's, absolutely. it's like you've seen that dick a ton of times but you haven't seen that dick with a race car bed in the background has that been really hard to be like isolating away from each other well it's like it's been weird because like you know i think he moved back home uh about a year ago um, you know what I mean? Kind of like be with his mom, be with his family. He had sort of been looking for work in New York and was like, you know what, like maybe I should go back to Ohio for a little bit, just like recenter, like figure shit out. And uh, that, you know what I mean? It kind of, it became touch and go. He came back to New York for a little bit, went back there. Um, and his mom actually like in the past couple of weeks got like very, very sick and she got pneumonia. Oh, yeah. They weren't sure if she had coronavirus or not. So like that was maybe the most intense moment, like being apart where you like really want to be there for somebody. But I think working out the long distance, um, I kind of, you know, we've already sort of figured that aspect out. It just sucks that I don't have like a date for being like, okay, next time I see you will be this point, right? There's just like. Yeah, there's so yeah. much uncertainty because totally. none of us thought that it was going to be two months, three months yeah. when they said stay in place, you know. I, th I, I thought like, I thought a week tops. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a week time. I was like, okay, let's all stay inside for like a week. This whole thing should chill out and then we should all be ready to go back. Uh, li little did I know. Little did I know. Yeah, man. I was like, you know, for a while I was really optimistic. And then like actual scientists got on the radio and were yeah. like, hey, yeah. we can't just like make vaccines. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. not how that works. Okay. I was like, oh, right. yeah. I was like, then, then why'd y'all spend all that time in science school then? Right. Y'all can't make vaccines. What, what have studying? you all been doing? What have yeah. you been doing? <laughs> What's going on in those labs? No. <laughs> right. You would think. But yeah. You would think. So you were planning on moving to LA. Do you think that's still going to happen? Yeah. Or? Um, yeah, I was thinking of moving out there. I had like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna um, go out for three months, see how I feel. Maybe I'll stick around. It was like kind of pilot season. I just finished some projects. There were some things I wanted to be there for. And um, I don't know, I wanted to like hop on some potential opportunities and then everything just halted. Like everything that was like kind of on the precipice of happening is just like, Bleh. and I was like, whoa, all right, great. So it's like kind of weird, you know, like thinking about how to fucking pitch a TV show via Zoom now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, self-tapes are always dehumanizing and awkward, and that will never change. So now everything is <laughs> self-tape. But, like, you know, when you're kind of like, you want to get in a room, you want to pitch with people, you want to be you want to be a little flirtatious. You know what I mean? Like, you got to bring the yeah. personality. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird. I'm interested in seeing how, like, different industries adapt. I think, like, stand-up has obviously been, like, a really surreal experience because um, that's a format that I don't think is, like, you know, a lot of comedians are online. A lot of us will do online videos and characters and whatnot. But um, I've just never seen stand-up so, like, literally transposed to the internet because it's, like, such a stage format that, like, that's also been wild and, like, kind of fun to watch, you know, succeed and fail in different ways because it's just, like, such an era of experimentation, which is dope. Have you been doing Zoom shows? Yeah, actually, I did one with you. Oh, yes. Okay, mine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did my monthly show at Caveat that I'm uh, back on called The Nerds and the Bees. It's about dating apps and sort of like how the internet shapes our ideas of sex and relationships. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and that was actually really cool to do via Zoom because we have a whole quiz show portion. Um, and I think like kind of having graphics was really fun. Yeah, graphics help. Yeah, for sure. Stand-up is really needing to involve more graphics now in order to make it interesting on Zoom. Yeah, I feel like people used to poo-poo the slideshow comedians, and now they've got, like, the skill set. We'll have our day. It we'll is our day. day. You are a slideshow queen, though. You're really good at that. You can embed videos and shit. I can't. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slideshow queen, and now is my moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the virus. I will say pop-up looked really dope online. Oh, thank it you. It was really great. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. I think I'm going to do it again. Okay, so tell us more about the history with your BF. When yeah. did you meet? How long have you been dating? Yeah, so it's been like um, uh, almost three years, actually. I think it's going to be this month. Wow. 
Um, and it's funny because we met, he like messaged me on Facebook Messenger. Uh, like at the time he worked for Lambda Legal. Um, uh, I cool. think he was, uh, uh, Very classy, yeah, Lambda Legal. I know. He like speaks five languages. He's like very politically minded. He's like, okay. whoa. I know. He Smart. makes me so dumb and I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not a comedian, which is the best part. <laughs> I know, right? Those, yeah. are, those are two things I'm looking for in a partner: someone who's much smarter than me, and someone who does not do comedy in any. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, in any form or fashion, that's the dream. That was my only criteria, and then like a, yeah. a nicely sized dick is like maybe number three. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to empathize, but that was my added. I mean, we've all got we've <laughs> yeah. all got physical we've all got physical things we're looking for. Everyone's got a thing, right? And we have um, got yeah. <laughs> um and our first exchange was actually like really tame like i i'm just like really it wasn't a dating app like if he'd met me on scruff or grinder i would have been like a huge slut about it i like would have said to pick you know what i mean but like it was like kind of like there was like the veil of like are we meeting to talk about like politics because he like messaged me about a video and it was like something he was interested in working in at lambda and we were like talking about potential partnerships and we met up um at a bar like a few blocks away from my house he was about to move to chicago for a job <laughs> Mm-hmm. and um then we just like fully were like okay this is we're fucking we're not here to talk about <laughs> we're not here to like talk this about isn't a business meeting <laughs> no absolutely not um yeah. and then just like a lot of crazy shit happened and then we like kind of were like are we dating it was like great and you know i still like being like a flirty shitty attention hoary scorpio on twitter and mm. i do still work for scruff i host a quiz show for them and like it's mm. nice to kind of like have that leeway to to like not feel weird about being sexual and flirtatious regularly because like I think like that distance has sort of helped establish kind of like a comfort level right like it's like Mm -hmm. you're my main like I would not be putting up with this distance if I weren't like in it to win it Um, but I also like really just like love attention and flirting with people so who doesn't I know right (laughs) addicted Truly addicted. Yeah, emphasis on the dick there. So. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh. Um. Oh my goodness. So before you guys were dating, what was going on for you? Oh. Oh (laughs) God. Okay. So like before we were dating, it was it was there were like some wild men in rotation. There was like. Um, so I used to edit porn for a porn studio. There was a guy that I had like reconnected with that I had shot years before who like found me and like recognized me. And he was like, yeah. I thought you were such a hot little thing. And I was like, I, my face was behind a camera. Like, I don't, you absolutely did not see me, but thank you <laughs> for um, And then I was also seeing this dude who like, he had like graduated from Harvard, which is like immediate red flag. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. But he was like, <laughs> like a Wait, why, why, is, why is Harvard a red flag? Just because there's like, I feel like a nine times out of 10 when I've met a cute gay guy from Harvard, I'm sorry, so many people are going to hate me for, actually, no, they're not. Not that many people went to Harvard. Fuck that. Okay. <laughs> I, I also feel like a slight hypocrite saying this because Jenny and I went to Brown, but like Brown is notoriously, you know, like the lazy younger sibling of like the shitty elitist right. ones, even though they're all shitty. Yeah. We're artsy. Yeah. We smoke weed. Right? We think we we're great. I mean, we don't have much assholes. We just alienate them more. Right. <laughs> it's great. Um, I don't know. There's just like this like veneer of like, um, I don't know, kind of like respectability politics and like so many men that I've met that go to like elite institutions and are gay, but also come from rich families are like, I just don't understand like what being gay has to do with it. Like, I don't think about that. And I was like, honey, you have the luxury of not having to think about that. Like, of course, people are going to toss you opportunities, regardless of like your sexual identity, because your dad's a fucking legacy at Yale or like you intern for like this politician at heart, you know, what I- anyway, mm-hmm. this guy was not that. Um, he uh, was like this super cute Korean stoner dude who was like into like clothing design and stuff like that. Ooh. And we were like hooking up, but he was like not out to his parents. And so like, that was kind of weird. That's uh, hard. And he like also wanted to do very bougie things. And I was like, I work for a digital media company. Like I cannot afford this right now. What, um, kind, of, what kind of bougie stuff was he into? He had, like, um, a membership at Soho House, but would go and, like, work there for hours and order food, like, every half hour. Just, like, yeah. train, food, food, mm-hmm. food. I would spend, like, $300 on a Wednesday afternoon at Soho House, and I was like, your parents are paying for this. Like, yeah. 
I can't. <laughs> I just Soho can't. house people is, are such a like specifically New York thing, and it is such, it's, it's such a type of person it who hangs really out at Soho house and like oh yeah. money there, and like yeah. you're like, where is this money coming from? And they don't really, they're like weird about telling you because it's 100 percent of the time it's their parents. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I will say I love taking general meetings at Soho house though because yeah. I get to feel bougie and not have to pay for it, which is yeah. Great. You get to order like a seventeen dollar cocktail and just like not even bat an eye at it, just be like, yeah. Just go ahead and bring that out. Yes. Oh, God. Um, but the thing I think that scared me the most about this Harvard dude is that he fucking called Pete Buttigieg. He called Pete Buttigieg at the end of 2016, early 2017. He was like, there's this gay guy from Harvard named Pete Buttigieg. I think he's going to run for president and he's going to make waves. And I was like, a gay man from the Midwest running for president, LOL. And then, like, when fucking Pete Buttigieg won Iowa, he's the first person I thought of. And it's like... <laughs> The first time I've texted a person I used to hook up with, like, not to be messy, but to be like, I hate that you were right about this. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. You don't have that receipt, do you? Oh, my God. No, that one I do not. That one <laughs> I do not. Oh <laughs> that is so funny. It was two phones ago, and I didn't back that one up. So. <laughs> this show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, true. Wait, wait a second. I feel like we gotta we gotta talk about your experiences working at this porn studio because that's oh, how, yeah. 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 Oh my god. So this was wild. Um Jenny, you know a little bit about this. I, I do know a little bit, but we gotta tell everyone who listens to the pod. Yeah, let's tell them. We gotta tell them. All right. They gotta know. So, <laughs> now. I graduated from fucking Brown University with a degree in uh, film and media studies emphasized in, in production, film production, and I paid $60,000 a year for this shit. I landed in New York and I was couch surfing for like five months. I was like, I'm not moving back to Florida. A tale as old as time. I know, right? I was like, I was yeah. too proud to go back with my parents. And I was like, I'm going to try starving for six months and see what I can find. Literally went everywhere. Like, I swear I had like oh my God, an interview at like fucking Gawker, an interview at BuzzFeed. And all these people are like, okay, cool. So like, what are your credits? Like, what are your, and I was like, I literally just got here. Like I am 21 years old. I have a degree that no one understands what it means and a shit ton of debt. Like, let's talk, let's make shit happen. Mm -hmm. So I respond like randomly to this Craigslist posting that's looking for an editor. They're like, we're a small production house. We're just looking for an in-house editor. And they were like, we have a healthcare plan and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, healthcare, job, cool, dope, responding. Sent them my resume. And they were like, are you real? And I was like, you were the Craigslist post. Are you real? Like, <laughs> let's talk about this. We're like, who are you? Yeah. Okay. So this dude is like, hey, we, you know, we create sort of like adult-oriented content where like, it was just like dancing around the fact that they were porn. Right. And I then, love adult-oriented. Right. You know? like, <laughs> like, I'm also adult-oriented, you know? I'm not doing my stuff for toddlers, but... It's like saying race, racially charged. Like, just say racist. Just say yeah. <laughs> I hate this dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I fucking, okay, so I walk in <laughs> to, um, I show up to what looks like a, an apartment building on the Upper East Side. Like, fully looks like an apartment building. I go in. It is on the sixth floor of a walk-up. Like, giant, like, fucking spiraling staircases, huge banister, like, like fully what the fuck am I doing here like I think I'm gonna get kidnapped like an old man is gonna like try to seduce me steal my kidney and then dump me in Central Park like fully what I thought was gonna happen yeah, yeah absolutely Craigslist right that, yeah that's yeah. what you signed up for yeah and they're all homes I'm walking up and they're all homes turns out this building used to be a little workspace and the last office left was this fucking porn director who was holding out and lying about making porn he was like this is my personal apartment now he had like double locked doors like three peepholes on each door 
I like had to confirm my identity before walking in. I walk in and it's just like this like cute little studio. Should have maybe been an apartment, but instead had like three desks with Max on them, a fuck sling in the corner, and a, a little tiny bathroom. Yeah. It was just, you know, the the basic setup. And was yeah. there a yeah. bed? So it's just like, did they have different areas for filming? Yeah, so usually what they would do is they would go out. They would like, you know, rent a studio, an apartment, a hotel room, whatever, and kind of shoot there. But in the studio, there was like this little bench that you could like pull things out of and it could turn into like stirrups or like a chair. It was like a, the weirdest Ikea thing I've ever seen. It was wild. <laughs> Dark Ikea. <sighs> truly, truly. There's a Dark Ikea network out there for gay porn. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I fully like, it was like a normal interview for the first half hour. We talk about my resume and then the second half hour was like, Hey, here's three and a half hours of raw footage of men fucking at the Waldorf Astoria. Can you turn this into a 10 minute scene? And I was like, here? Like in front of you? And he was like, yeah, just like go for it. We do, it's, it's an office. So I watched, um, footage of just these two randos fucking in the Waldorf Astoria and like made some something out of it and they hired me and I worked there for three years and it was oh my god great <laughs> and I had some weird sex in places I shouldn't have it okay. was fantastic yeah That's actually crazy. oh my god okay so this is this is like one there's this isn't a receipt but it's a screenshot that I found um while I was looking through my messages that I thought would be yes. really funny um so okay some background while we were doing, um, or while I was working in porn, you know, sometimes you get like people who just like apply, like they had an application form on the porn site and just like these amateur dudes would apply and like send in photos. This one like fucking 20, 21 year old dude who had just graduated from college, lived in Connecticut, he used to be a basketball player, was like, I want to shoot porn. Like one of those dudes where you're like, you have no business, you're way too hot for this. Like this is absurd. He ends up coming in for an interview um he's really charming I give him my number and he's like floating around outside the office after the interview and he's like hey do you want to grab lunch and I'm uh, like what lunch. I was like I'm not supposed to do this like this is not but I'm also like not the director I'm like an editor so I'm like mm -hmm. I don't have a role in whether or not he's hired mm -hmm. but it felt like weird it, but he's and like, you wouldn't be there you wouldn't be there when he films a scene right not for this, yeah my boss would have shot this this one and you would get the footage later so right. you're just you're not yeah, yeah you're so not like, even participating ethically, in this. ethically you're yeah. kind of you're in the clear almost yeah but it was like weird because my boss had this just like office-wide rule he was like literally i the moment i was hired the first thing he said to me is don't fuck the models that's like the <laughs> voice he was like it applies to everybody i don't care who you are social media manager director cameraman you could be wiping their asses as a pa i don't care don't fuck the models and i was like okay 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 i swear i won't thinking i am like they're way out of my league. Like, this isn't going to happen. Um, but this dude was just, like, pushing it. So we, like, met up at a Panera. <laughs> we met up at a Panera in Midtown. But then, like, his friend was there. So he was, like, flirting with me. And he's like, it would be so hot if, like, we could do a scene together. And I was like, sir, we're at a Panera. And your friend is sitting right there in the booth. It was, like, it was a very bizarre scenario. Oh my god, sexiest, like, fast casual dining, it's oh, Panera. Wild, <laughs> wild, 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 right? So then this dude ends up doing porn for like two more studios, retires after a few months. Is uh, that normal? When do you usually retire? I mean, it is, oh my god, okay, without going into this too much, it is a very, um, usually, I think with most studios um, and directors, it is a very like, cruel industry and in that I think people are not paid a lot to have their image exploited in perpetuity and used to generate money for these studios that just keep cycling through hot dudes. Um, and there's very little infrastructure support if people want to unionize, um, get healthcare, anything like that, because all these, most of the studios treat their models, uh, in my experience, as independent contractors, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then they are not responsible for um, just like giving them additional benefits. And there's very little support for unionizing as far as I've seen, or at least when I was working in gay porn on the East Coast, um, there are definitely some porn unions on the West Coast, but like that was hard. And then you would see some porn stars get blacklisted because they would try to like, you know, form a collective with other porn stars to kind of like negotiate their rates and directors were like, they're being difficult, we can't handle this. Oh. Um, there's also a lot of instance of 
you know, um, drug use and sort of depression, um, you know, that can be uh, amplified by a lot of things that are common in the industry, like unrealistic body standards and just like the way people are, are kind of objectified and treated sometimes. Um, I don't think it's the same across the board, but it's just like, it's rough. It's like a really rough industry. And like, I, I think the most exciting thing about the internet right now has been that like a lot of porn performers can kind of take distributing their material into their own hands. They can use sites mm -hmm. like OnlyFans, post things on Twitter, post things on the regular website. And I think it's a great way to sort of like uh, democratize, for lack of a better word, who is reaping the monetary benefits from, from this labor and from this effort, I think. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, that is, that, that could have been like an hour. <laughs> that <laughs> was a like, no, that's gorgeous, though. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm interested, especially as yeah. OnlyFans is becoming really popular. Like, our comedian friends have it now. Totally. Absolutely. And, like, I really like going on OnlyFans and, like, paying money to, like, not just, like, porn stars, but just, like, I don't know, like, Twitter thoughts that I really like or, like, pay for my OnlyFans. And then, like, the next week they'll be like, yo, I bought a PS4 with this. Thanks, guys. Like, yeah. just these, like, straight bros who are like, hey, I know y'all gays want to watch me jerk it. I'll give it to you. And I'm like, that's out. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's thank you for your service. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for your <laughs> now you, Thank you for your song. Now you can have a a PlayStation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At least he deserves. Trust me, the material is great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I completely got in the middle of your story about oh! this guy post Panera. Oh my God. Okay. Oh! Stop talking. We st we've not spoken in years. At this point, I have pivoted to digital media. It is like five years after my, my stint as a porn producer, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I've started making um, these like talking head videos during this like Facebook, YouTube video explosion, which I have a lot of feelings about as well. But it happened. It started happening. And some of them took off on Facebook. So this dude writes to me. And the way he writes to me is like so weirdly coy. He goes, hi there, Gabe. I think I know you. Do I look familiar to you? <laughs> Sorry if I have you confused with someone else. I noticed your YouTube video on my homepage while scrolling through my newsfeed. Not very exciting, but, like, you can understand how, like, five years after this weird horny Panera moment, okay, actually, I'm counting, and it's, like, four. It's, like, three and a half, okay. four. It's that long. And then I'm, like, why would he be so oddly coy about this, about, like, knowing me? And I was, like, this is, like, really weird. Like, why are we playing this game? Like, are you ashamed about the porn thing? Like, I don't get it. And then I remembered we all used pseudonyms in the office for this very reason. My oh. boss all pick pseudonyms and so he never knew my fucking real name <laughs> what so was your name what was I your porn editor name absolutely i will tell you after this podcast but, but i not will on the pod. let this audience google it <laughs> <laughs> i will not never <laughs> uh but those who know know it was a really okay. bad it was a really bad name it was kind of assigned to me um i was given a few names and they were like pick one because it had to fit with the brand um, because I had so many questions about, like, you can't say, like, the studio or any of the people that you worked with. Oh, I mean, like, um, I can definitely name some porn stars I worked with, because a lot of them were, like, really fun and very cute. What do you want okay. to know? No, I'm just <laughs> curious. I mean, like, they're, they're, like, household names. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, um, you know what? Let's, let's dispense. I can name the studio. I don't want to... Um... Yes! Okay, yeah. so the studio is Treasure Island Media, which is notoriously one of, like, the, like, kinkiest, just, like, ugh, kind of porn studios. What I is was, the style? Like, what is it? What do you mean like, by kinkiest? Okay, so, like, when they started, I think they started in the late 90s. They were started by this guy um, who's, who goes by the pseudonym Paul Morris, and he's an HIV-positive man who, like, lived through uh, the AIDS crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of frustrated because he felt that a lot of HIV positive people were stigmatized in porn. And he felt that like being an HIV positive man, there was no room for him to have his body eroticized and to mm -hmm. engage in like, you know, there's sort of a, a respectability politics surrounding healthy looking bodies in porn, you know, whatever that meant at that moment. And um, I think there was sort of this pushback against like kink or anything that was quote unquote dirty. Because um, I think a lot of people were kind of traumatized um, by not just the AIDS epidemic, but this sort of like moralizing surrounding it and this sort of like trying to convince HIV positive people that like they deserve it for being sinful or whatever. So that was like kind of the original seed of the idea. And like 
obviously I went to a fucking liberal arts school and I sucked dick. So I was like, this is fascinating. Like, oh my God, right? <laughs> so like, I, yeah, during the interview, I was like so into it. But like, what you realize is that like, from this idea, obviously something grows and changes. And there were different directors at the studio who were doing different things. Um, and obviously, you know, some of those things I dug and some of those things I didn't really dig so much. Um, and I think just like the politics of the porn industry in general, kind of like um, shattered that illusion, if, if you will, right? That like, I, you know, I think there were a lot of really like interesting creative moments, a lot of moments of human connection, a lot of like very real realizations and like talking openly about sex uh, in a workplace, which was kind of cool. Yeah. It was a very respectful way. Like working at that porn studio is how I learned what prep was. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was 2013, not a lot of people were using it. And so it was like, that was an amazing thing that I learned, right? And I've learned that like so many porn stars um, who, some of whom may also work as sex workers are like more knowledgeable about sexual health and the resources to take care of themselves than like most of the randos I, I had met on like Grindr or Scruff, you know what I mean? I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it's their profession. You have right. to stay informed. Yeah. So in that way I like learned a lot and I thought it was just like brilliant to like find a different kind of community and a different way of like working in, in video production. Um, but again, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's, there's not a lot of support for, um, for these people from a lot of studios. And I think the industry itself just has these norms that it's tough to, to fight back against. Um, and so, you know, when I left, it's, um, it's not because I was like, this porn studio is evil. You know, they're obviously like the way some things are depicted and people are depicted. Um, you know, I think there's like a lot of racist stuff that goes unchecked in porn. I think there's a lot of fetishizing um, things in, in like an unhealthy way without actually talking uh, about mm. them realistically. Mm -hmm. And so just like things like that, that have been happening for so long in, in porn that kind of just like weigh on you after a while. And you're like, I don't, this industry was like fun, but I feel like maybe we can work to make it better by exploring it in, in different ways and not being a, a part of that system kind of. Totally. I mean, and also you were just saying that it's a rough industry for the people who are performing. They don't end up staying in it for very long often. Right. Yeah, so I, I mean, depends, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, why wouldn't it be the same for someone who is editing it every day and oh, hanging out oh, in the same yeah. environment? You know? um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But who are the, who are the famous cuties? Oh my God. Okay. I so to know. one of the like um, wildest scenes we ever shot was this, oh my God, I'm fully forgetting his name, but he was like a big brother contestant and it is not <laughs> a show I watched, but he was like a cowboy on big brother who like, I think came out on big brother. Ooh. And then was like, I'm making my porn debut by getting just like barebacked by a bunch of men in New York. And I was like, <laughs> honored to be here. Country for... mouse meets city <laughs> mouse mice. Country honored. mouse meets city mice. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it was truly an experience. Um, this, uh, the first Puerto Rican porn star I met on set was named Antonio Biagi. He was very sweet. Um, had a very intimidating um sexual organ um but was oh, okay. also such a sweetheart because he like he plays this like oh, rough daddy on camera but then we were like talking about puerto rico and like our favorite foods and like where his mom grew up and it was just like <laughs> we were talking spanish and my boss got so mad <laughs> um that was really cute um oh god who else andrew's looking these guys up right now i'm looking anthony biagi I uh -huh. it. yeah no, Antonio, I, Antonio Biagi. Oh, Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. okay, yeah we've also cool. got, I think we've got a state rep named Al Alexandra Biagi as well. <laughs> not I, the I see star. that last name and I only think of the porn star now, so I feel really bad. But I forget the name of the Big Brother contestant. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Wait. it really tears me apart. Gabe, a thing that I'm curious about is, did working in the porn industry change the way that you watch porn? <gasps> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. It's like, um, it's almost like, I don't know if you, do you remember what it was like to watch a comedy set before you did stand up or before you mm -hmm. wanted to stand up? Mm -hmm. You know how like you'll see stand up now and you like, now you can't help but think about the structure and like. I, I don't, I don't enjoy it nearly as much. I don't right? enjoy it nearly as much. I'm so much more critical 
I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, okay, like they like like sometimes people can be killing and I can be like, okay, but they're just doing the most obvious stuff. Yes. This is just like this is like isn't that interesting? Because like yeah. these are just the jokes that like anybody would make. There's, these are they're just following them to their logical conclusion. Yes, yeah. I so I know exactly what you're talking about. Whereas when you first watch it, you're like so wrapped up and you're like, oh, this is so fun. Look at this, and you have no you don't even know what they're saying. You just know yeah. that they're like being yeah. But yeah, I understand exactly. <laughs> it is literally you took the words out of my mouth. That is how I felt watching porn while editing it. Because it was like, um, like I don't know, there were a lot of tricks. You know, I'm, I don't want to ruin too much for y'all, but if there's ever a jump cut from someone fucking someone and then the, it jump cuts to their face and then they're like, I'm going to come and it jump cuts back down to their dick. That didn't happen in that time frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they were fucking and then they were like, oh, let me take a breather. And then they went to get some water and then they were like, okay, we're going to get a shot of your face. Just pretend like you're coming. And then, then you like turn off the lights and wait for a half hour while they jerk it. And then they're like, I'm close. So you turn off the lights again. You like get the cameras set up. And then they're like, you know what I mean? Like that, that. And so then I'd be watching porn. I'd be like, oh yeah, they're into it. They're into each other. And I would see that jump cut. And then my mind would be like, oh, they were were in a studio, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was like, and not every shoot was like that. I mean, there were some rare ones where it was just like very kind of like fluid. And our whole style was kind of like handheld camera, gonzo, man on the street thing where we just like follow someone into a hotel room and whatever happens happens like there's no dialogue right um but it was just like it's you you can't help but see it right and then like every time i spotted like you know a camera lens in the frame or just like bad lighting i'd be like y'all could have just you know like it was i became a critic and so i stopped actually for like a year and a half i fully just stopped watching porn like i couldn't it did very little for me. Um, Wait, so but if, you, if, you, if you needed to masturbate in those situations, were you just going off of your, just like memories? I was just having a lot more sex. I'm going to be fully <laughs> honest. I was um, reckless. I was okay. wild. I am, whoa, yeah. Oh my God. Because it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we, all have these, we all have these times in our lives. They're yeah. important yeah. times. I and we've said, yeah. <laughs> and Devin and I have said on the pod before, everyone needs to have a hoe face. I'm, I mean, I'm, my whole phase is my entire life. It's never ended. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a phase. phase. You know, it's a lifestyle. The hoe is me. It's yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, what, what is the hardest thing to edit? Like, what's the most difficult? Yeah. Um. Honestly, the hardest thing to edit is people jerking off because okay. it's, you don't get a lot of options right it's like you can't like cut to a dip it's or like zoom on someone's face it's like they're the only one in the room so if it's boring and you get that footage back there's not you know what i mean how are you going to cut around like one person just jerking it in a room it's it was it's hard it's really hard so like oddly like the least complicated things um were the toughest to make compelling if they weren't like good in the moment Mm. um but then on the opposite end, we also like, so I was on a team of three cameramen and two PAs that shot like a 12 person orgy at a hotel in the financial district. It was mm-hmm. like, and that was batshit. Cause there were like two different rooms and there were like two things happening in two different rooms. And then like the cameraman had to like use like hand signals, be like, go over there. Or like, I think <laughs> you're coming. So you like develop like a system. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, like, this was like, get out. This was like wrap it up and move to the next room, and then this was like someone's coming. Like we need someone to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> the show, the yeah, show's coming. Yeah, the the show's about yeah, the show hands. Yeah, the jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you know, it was. It didn't those moments. It's like really fun because you're like, what the fuck am I getting paid to do right now? Like, what are we doing? But it was. Um, yeah, I had a lot of laughs in the process too, and that was really complicated. That was wild. Is it mostly gay men that are working? for gay porn or is there like a mixed tag so you have like in my experience like not to generalize but most people fell into three categories um you had gay men who were like i'm gay i love this i'm here to do this you had um men i strongly suspected identified as gay or bisexual and may have seen identify as gay or bisexual on social media, but then would show up to the office and play like they were like down low or hiding it. Mm-hmm. To, like maybe convince us that they were, you know, like a straight dude, you know what I mean? To kind of like yeah. play that role of like the straight dude doing the gay porn. Because I think there is this, this logic that those folks would get paid more, right? Or maybe be more desirable. 
Right. And then the third category is legitimately people I met that are straight. Um, and I think we're just doing it because they're like, hey, I've been doing straight porn. I don't make as much as a dude in straight porn. Mm -hmm. I'm already fucking people that, you know, I like maybe wouldn't choose in real life, but I, I enjoy having sex with on camera because it's something I enjoy doing. And so like, I remember talking to some dude who was like, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm basically just doing this to save up to pay for my wedding with my, my fiance who will be my wife. And she also, I think did porn. And like for years he had only done straight porn he did like one bisexual scene where he was like with another dude and he was like it wasn't that bad and then i realized i could get paid more in gay porn and that was just like a wild dynamic to watch yeah. play out um because it was like fully there was like a level of, of performance to it like a level of performativity of like the oh oh that everyone kind of does but it was just like particularly surreal <laughs> to like watch this yeah. straight man that i was like fully convinced is straight just like selling it selling it hard it was great that's a good actor that's yeah a, that's the craft no yeah. <laughs> no it's truly fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i hope he had a really wonderful big wedding oh i do too yeah talking to people who like work in porn part like from my experiences talking to people who have worked in porn make me want to not watch porn that's like professionally produced it's just because I feel like in that set, like if, if if the lighting's too good, I'm just like, uh-uh. There's like fully, there's a camera crew here. Everybody's got abs. This is too, I, I can't buy into this. I got to yes. watch two people. I want there to be like an episode of like, uh, uh, the Sopranos playing in the background or something like that. <laughs> yes. I want to, I want to, I want, I want, I want it to feel like it could be me maybe. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to see the pile of laundry in the corner. Yeah. Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. I want I want the woman to just be wearing like a nightgown and a <laughs> dude just to have like basketball shorts around his ankles like that. I'm like this. Okay. I know this. this, this How many right. nightgowns are you world. seeing yeah. in your experience, Devin? <laughs> How many nightgowns are happening for you? Um, more than you think. I'm getting deep down into the hole of like the most amateur stuff I can possibly find. Okay. I hope I want the lighting to be poor. I want uh, I want the sound to be a little bit weird. I want it to really look like there's no way that anybody got paid for this, but like in a good way, like Dude, in a I, you know, like yeah. in a good way. Like they're not working. They're, this is just something they wanted to do. For real, before like pre OnlyFans, that was maybe the only porn I I would actually watch while I was editing porn. Something that looked like it could not have possibly involved a crew right like just the <laughs> poorest quality because um, it felt more real it's like i couldn't look at it and be like oh i know how that was made i have no i don't yeah. want to know <laughs> like, right <laughs> yeah. right or you didn't have to think you about know, you know it was just like a guy's iphone that's how it was, yeah. made. It was just like a dude on his phone being like, <laughs> so did you so the guy the porn star reached out to you did you ever did you meet up with him? Did you talk the, to him? The, what happened? The big question is, did you fuck any of these porn stars? Oh, yeah. Did you? No. no. Well, okay. Um, so there are two. Okay. <laughs> I like okay. he's like, absolutely not. No. no I no. would not do that. Okay, but, but. <laughs> but, okay. There was one after, after I left the porn studio. And then there was one who was a porn star, but had never worked with our studio while I was working there. And we never shot anything with him. So I, I like met him through a porn star that I was uh, like, we were like going out, we were like girls, you know, we were just going out and it was his friend from like the industry. And then I was like, oh, we've never worked together. We're not going to work together. Cool. Dope. And so it was like, I kind of like jumped, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I found like exceptions to the rule for sure. And I think, you know, there were moments where it was like maybe kind of like charged, you know what I mean? The conversation gets sure. like a little, it's definitely more intense than it would be usually. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it was just like, I just didn't want to be put in that position. You know what I mean? And then I didn't want some dude to show up on set being like, oh, remember when we fucked last week? And then have my boss be there to hear it. Like, it was just yeah. like, not, Yeah, not, we don't need that. Not I mean, like, I'm not trying to date fellow comedians because I don't want to see them at a show but, for the same reason. Wait, Jenny, but, but, can I? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 Devin, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Gabe. Go ahead, Gabe. I was gonna say, Jenny, can I use you as a human receipt right now? Yes. I want to talk about this dating comedians, right? There is a cardinal. There's like kind of a cardinal rule, right? That like, okay, where Jenny, you were on an improv team. Devin, have you been yeah. on an improv team or a sketch team? Uh, I've not. No. Okay. If you were, 
Would you be on a team with your significant other that you were dating at the time? Would you find that to be a good idea? Absolutely not. No. If your significant other was on a team that you were on, uh, do you think it would be a good idea to audition for that team two years into dating? Yeah. Okay. Uh I mean, out of practice, I know that it's a bad idea. Yes. In practice, I know it's bad. (laughs) And that's why Jenny's my fucking human receipt. Because... (laughs) Because in fucking college, I was dating. Okay, we went to Brown. He went to RISD. He was like the first boyfriend I ever had. We also met on Craigslist. Wild times there. You met me on Craigslist? Oh my God, I was fully going to change his name, but yep, yep. Sorry. (laughs) We'll bleep it out. Andrew will bleep it out. (laughs) Okay, so now that I know that we're bleeping, um, yeah. (laughs) Fully met him on Craigslist and he was like, I'm bisexual looking for just like whatever a kind of hookup. I didn't have a, there was no like grinder or, or scruff at that time. So like my choices were a website called Adam for Adam, we had to pay for <laughs> Craigslist or a website called Dudes Nude um, that definitely maybe had the best name, but the worst uh, UI experience, right? Like I just mm-hmm. could not uh, just, it was a terrible layout. So I remember posting, I posted on, on Craigslist and I responded to this dude who was like, yeah, I'm like also 18 and in college. And then we, he told me he bailed on a date with a woman to meet up with me because I was that hot. Okay. And then we snuck into, you know what? It's been years. I don't think Brown will press charges. We snuck into Solomon. Oh yeah. Um, Solomon is where our improv team used to rehearse. Yes. Which is how I knew that one of the windows never actually locked. Um, so he brought a bottle of wine. I brought several joints. We ended up fucking in a classroom until like 4 a.m. And we're found by a cleaning person who was like, I'm going to pretend I didn't see this. Get the fuck out. Um, and I was like, thank you so much. And that was our first date, right? Promising start. Great. Great. I had been on an improv team for about a year and a half. He had been hanging out with us. Like I'd met a lot of his art school friends. He started hanging out with the team and started becoming close. And there were a couple of members on our team that were from RISD as well. Cause it was like kind of like a dual school thing. Um, and then this motherfucker's like, I'm going to audition for your improv team. And I was like, you're what? He's like, I'm wasn't going it to- like, wasn't it for your school? Um, what do you mean? The, I thought the improv troupe was for people who went to Brown. Yes, so, but it was open to people who went to RISD too, right? Because RISD okay. is down, it's right down the hill. We're like, right, our campuses are adjacent to each other. And RISD doesn't have all of the same, like, programming that brown does because we're just a bigger school so if you want to do comedy and you're a RISD student you would have to come to brown to work with us the RISD had like a sketch team but they were you know they didn't have the infrastructure i think for it or the interest uh, within Mm -hmm. just their school and then also it was like the reverse right like i was in a film and media department that had like zero capability to offer the kind of production skills we needed so i went down to fucking RISD to take a lighting class to learn how to do three-point mm-hmm. lighting you know what I mean it's like just wasn't happening at Brown there was a lo- there was a lot of sharing yeah like literally our film classes were just like let's let's talk about this film from the 1940s for a half hour using terminology from post-structural theory and I was like I just want to yeah. learn how to make a movie <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing you know we had like all these kind of similar interests and like just like too much of our fucking lives overlapping and then he's like, I'm going to audition for your improv team. Jenny, I don't think you were part of the group when he auditioned. I, no, I was younger. So yeah. I got on, when I got on, you both were already on it. Yeah, so this was what was batshit. We usually, the group decides fully just like, we have to reach a full consensus. Everybody has to agree that the person, person should join. And if there's one holdout, we don't bring them on. It's the unanimous. That used Providence to be does it unanimous. Unanimously. Um, that also means that sometimes you debate with people for a long time. All and night. so All night. I was watching the auditions. I was helping run the auditions. My boyfriend was there. It was very awkward. It was very cringe, but I was like in love and willing to overlook it and how bad of an idea it was. So I told them, I was like, I'm going to exclude myself from this decision. I would feel weird either way being the deciding vote, knowing in the back of my mind, I did not want him to join. And I was hoping my yeah. group would just tell me that. Yeah. This motherfucker got in. He got in. He was one of two people they decided to take that year. And I was like, okay, great. We'll work through this. Fast forward to my fucking senior year. This motherfucker straight up like stops. We like had a really weird split. A lot of crazy shit happening. He was kind of a jerk. I did not deal with him being a jerk. Well, we all made some mistakes, right? Okay. He ends up just like stops showing up to uh, practice, like stops coming to rehearsals, straight up bails on a show 
we have this thing called, we, you know, we have kind of a, a thing for new members at the end of the year after they've completed their first year that he just didn't show up at. Jenny saw me drunkenly throw rocks at his window when he bailed on that. I did um, But the, okay, the fucking clincher is the last semester he's at that school, we like try to make amends and he invites me to a party at his apartment with two of his roommates who I had become very, very close friends with. I show up to this party. We're being kind of friendly, whatever. He's like, do you want to smoke? And I'm like, sure. He goes, did you bring any weed? And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, cool. Let me just bring a couple of friends into my room. He comes in. It's like a couple of girls from RISD who like, you know, are wearing like black cloaks and like just discovered poppers. So they're mm-hmm. like talking about art and like huffing poppers at a gay man's party. And they're like super chic. Then it's bleep. It's <laughs> And then... <laughs> And he fucking walks in with a guy from my freshman year dorm, a brown student that I have never introduced him to. And then he goes, oh, sorry. I hope we maybe should bleep this name again. I don't know. He's like, I hope, um, you know, I, I just, I hope it's cool year too you know we like just met we're like into the same shit and i was like my radar went off and i was like gabe you're being paranoid you're being like a jealous ex like absolutely not so i smoke out my ex these two girls and this random boy that goes to brown that i'm like he's not gay there's no way they're fucking when we are done with the joint he goes do you guys mind leaving and i think he's asking everyone else to leave to talk to me to talk about our fucking relationship or, or like trying to like fix shit so we can deal with the fucking improv group and stays put fucking stays put i smoked out my ex's new fucking hookup he tricked me into smoking out the new dick he was riding and then kicked me out of his room and in that moment i was like okay the war is on and then that's when i like really it almost caused a schism in our improv group it was really bad it but. was bad I turned into a full Scorpio. That's then. That's why Jenny's my human receipt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was brutal. That was wild. It was really that was fucked brutal up. That that happened. Yeah. yeah. No, so he was rude. a jerk, but it's fine. Um. Oh, also a fun story. While I was working at the porn studio, I was outside smoking a cigarette one day, and there was an American Apparel across from where our old office used to be. And I shit you not, my ex walked out of the American Apparel. He was working as a manager at the American Apparel across the street from my porn studio two and a half Whoa. years after we broke up. Whoa. Like in full midtown Manhattan, like what are the odds of me seeing him? It was fucking that wild. Is, that's a lot of universe chaos. Yeah, like truly true. We much. love that chaos. Like also at American Apparel, can you imagine? <laughs> Well, that's literally the first thing he said. He's like, oh my God, I'm literally like just working here until I get to grad school. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Let's it, honey, let's, you know. I mean, your ex is selling leotards. So yeah. Yeah, right. That's, that's what your ex says. Oh, and he always used to be so superior. I got off on it. I was like, well, I'm working in film and video. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm editing hands on butts, but. I know, right? I left out that detail until like the next right. one. On the <laughs> oh my god that was really honestly it was so brutal when you two were on bad terms on improvidence together it's just, but it's i did yeah yeah but i did the same thing because i had crushes on everyone on the improv team and then i hooked up with them so that's jenny Gor- i was not gonna call you out but miss jenny gorlick <laughs> i'm my own human receipt <laughs> Honestly, Jenny and I were the worst about um, not shitting where we eat or fucking where we eat while uh, while we were in college. But I think we've learned from our mistakes because we don't yes. fuck comedians anymore, right? No more comedians. Yeah. Software engineers only. There are a couple I would make exceptions for, though. Okay. I mean, I'm not... That I know or favorite? We'll learn. We'll, we'll learn who they are if it happens. Oh, man. We'll learn. Okay. They, there's always, you know, there's always an exception to the rule. You always have to be messy every now and then. Yeah, it's hard, especially with improv. This is so weird. Like, improv is the least sexy activity, but you're so intimate with people being silly, and you hang out all the time, and you have inside jokes, and, like, it's hard not to be yeah. attracted. It's like being in a theater class with somebody. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, they could just be yeah. like, this fucking person, but, like, after you're forced to just, like... I don't know, do the same fucking terrible scene over and over again, and it's like 2 a.m. It's like, are we going to make I out? Like, we make are, out? Yeah, we should make out, maybe. Yeah, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's how so many showmances started. It's messy. It's terrible. It's real messy. Gabe, it's been so fun to have you. This has been great. This was so it's exciting. It's been so nice oh. to see you. Like and you changed your girl's life today. Um, is there anything that you want to plug or anything you want the listeners um, to know? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, so I am uh, back on the Scruff app uh, hosting a show called Hosting, which is ironic because none of us should be right now. Um, <laughs> it is a queer quiz show that we're going to start doing twice a week. Um, so if you're a queer person who has the app or wants to download the app, or if you're not a queer person who wants to download the app and use it anyway to watch the show, please do. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a live show that I am now doing from my bedroom and I'm running it all myself and we have an amazing team wow. just remotely working on it to make sure that it gets streamed uh, the right way. Um, I'm also hosting a monthly show at Caveat uh, called The Nerds and the Bees with dating expert Steve Dean. And so we try to bring on uh, folks from different experiences to sort of talk about their experiences with online dating from within the industry and outside of it. Um, I am personally more interested in their hookup stories and Steve is interested in like data surrounding how apps work which is cute right. so each other halfway <laughs> yeah absolutely um and you can find me on social media using the handle gay bones g-a-y-b-o-n-e-z that's another origin story jenny knows that nobody yeah. else really does but, but a perfect handle yeah yes a truly perfect handle. <laughs> i just oh. wish i knew how much of a thing Twitter and Instagram were going to be when I made it. I hate myself. You can't change now. <laughs> you can't go back now. No back. Um, but yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me. Um, there are more receipts somewhere in the vaults. So, you know, if we ever need to do a where are they now episode, I've got. We absolutely do. And we'll have you again. Um, thanks for talking. And guys, I'm Jenny. I'm Devin. <laughs> and this was Receipt. Thanks for listening. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.